This is Called by God, stories of ordained women in the Anglican Diocese of Grafton. I'm Reverend Cathy Ridd, and welcome. Today I'm speaking with the Right Reverend Dr Sarah McNeil, who was Bishop of Grafton from 2014 to 2018. Bishop Sarah, thank you so much for being here today. I'd like to begin by asking you to share a little of how it was when you began to sense God's call to ordained ministry. Look, it was long and tortuous, um, particularly since uh, my first sense of God's call for me to spe- to work full time in some way, as yet unspecified, for for the church, for God in through the institution was um, before women could be ordained. And I was living overseas at the time and um, had a very strong sense of the presence of God and um, and a sense that I would be called, called to some form of full-time ministry, but I had no idea what. And when I came back to Australia in the mid-'80s, um, I sort of went on a gradual process of discernment, which was more me sort of saying, well, get God, what about this, X or Y, and it became increasingly clear that it was not that. And ordained ministry didn't even cross my mind. Women couldn't be ordained in the Anglican church at that stage, um, not even as deacons. And um, in 1985 I went to a meeting that was part of the great debates that were happening in diocese about the ordination of women and I went to a meeting at Holy Covenant Church here in Canberra where there were speakers for and speakers against and it got to the question time and I stood up and I heard myself saying, well, what do you, to the opponents, what do you say to to people, to women like me um, who have a strong sense of God's calling them to ordained ministry? And I thought, what? (laughs) And I was sort of hoovered up afterwards by a couple of people who were members of the movement for the ordination of women. And I thought to myself, did I just, was that something that was I was saying for the effect in the meeting kind of thing? And I thought, no, actually, this, this is actually, I think it was the only way God could make me here. It was the only way that God could make me here was to have me say it publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, was, I was really taken aback. It wasn't something that I particularly wanted, but it, it, there was an inevitability to it, yeah. Will you tell me a little bit more about the challenges that you faced at that time? Some of the challenging things were that that people, there were a whole lot of people who simply didn't understand. I was very nicely embedded in a in a very good career, mm-hmm. um, excellent prospects, and I wasn't um, married at the time. I wasn't attached at the time, actually, um, but. There were people who didn't, who just didn't get it. Some of my friends didn't get it at all. And also just the prospect of a financially insecure um, future, just not knowing what it would mean financially, knowing that I would have to actually use up whatever small superannuation I had in order to, to do the study anyway. I was no supported study in those days. And thinking, well, they're not ordaining women there aren't there is, there is no career path here, McNeil. There is no career path of any kind. Talk about stepping out into the unknown. Yep. There will not be a job at the end of this, potentially. And then we'll have to have another conversation with God about what that might mean. Mm. 
I'd love to know a little about how you discerned that God was calling you to be Bishop of Grafton. I was comfortably semi-retired um, and I was working part-time um, as a senior associate priest supporting the rector. Mm. I just imagined I'd do that for a few years and then retire more completely. And Scamp, with whom I had worked on General Synod um, Standing Committee, um, rang me and said, look, we're, we're looking for a, for a new bishop. Would you be interested? And I just said no. And she said, I'll send you the stuff, you know, all the documentation the diocese had put together. She said, look, I'll, I'll send you the stuff. And I thought, this is another diocese that just wants to have a woman on their list so that they can say, oh, well, we did. Okay. Um, yeah, we did. We did. Yes, of course we considered women, but, you know, no one was suitable. Um, so we've ended up with this bloke or whatever. And I thought, because there'd been a bit of that. Mm. Um, and, well, there was a potential for that. And then she sent me the stuff and I, I thought, oh, well, I better read it. And I read it and I thought, oh, Everything that they're talking about is stuff that I can't, you know, stuff that is part of what I had been doing. And um, I thought, oh. So it was, it was a bit of a wrestle. It really was a bit of a wrestle. And I, I talked to a couple of people that I knew, knew the diocese and knew me well, had worked with me. And I thought, well, I will, I will let my name go forward. The, the deal, the, the kind of the deal with God, I know you shouldn't do this, but I do. Um, the deal with God was if at any point I should turn around and stop, I would absolutely do it. In fact, quite thankfully, <laughs> I, would, I would do it. Um, and at no point did I have that sense. It was crystal clear and um, incredibly valuable when things were very difficult. Mm. The sense, no, this is where I'm meant to be. Somehow we will get this. Somehow this will be okay. Yeah. One of the challenging things was the online trolling. It was within the Anglican Church. Mm. And we know where it came out of. Um, yeah. I was not the only woman, um, senior woman, Episcopal, a bishop who was um, trolled. I, I thought, oh, perhaps I should be doing more for the sisterhood in terms of the, um, I don't mean that lightly, it sounded a bit trivial, but, you know, being more out there publicly. And I thought, no, actually, I'm being asked here and called here to do a particular job at a particular time when this diocese really needs it. This diocese is not in a place where it can afford to have its bishop going off. Um, doing other things for the greater good. Actually, it needs it needs all hands to the pump. Um, so, yeah. So, and I thought, well, there are, there are some other women around the country who are in places that are better positioned to enable enable them to take that role. In my ordination retreat for, before um, with Gary, uh, whether or before the consecration. There was the thing that really struck me in the Episcopal ordination thing was um, that um, to know your people and to be known by them. And so often in a position like that, there is a temptation to kind of be the expert or the temptation to disappear a little bit behind a, um, a 
a little bit of a wall um, and I would remind myself about being, you know, warts and all being known by the people. Now, I wonder what you think are the biggest challenges for ordained women in the Anglican Church of Australia today? The first thing that came to my mind and something that I've watched for a long time is the creeping conservatism. Um, and sometimes it doesn't creep. Sometimes it comes racing in. Um, and it's a conservatism about women in ministry. Um, it's a conservatism about the liturgy what we can do in the liturgy, what is appropriate liturgy, how free we can be in the liturgy, um, and a creeping conservatism in social attitudes. And that's partly about the ageing demographic of the church, but it's also partly about the society and the society's badging of Christianity, particularly um, Anglicanism, as being, well, as being the, the loud... Sydney conservative evangelicalism as if that's the only form um, and the moral judgments that are made about people who are faithful Christians and hold more inclusive views uh, and I think that is uh, that is enormously dangerous and the way in which that is portrayed as being the norm for Christianity if you are a young person who has very little church background or none and you are seeking spiritually, where are you going to get your information about what the churches are actually like and who the people are in the churches? You're going to get it from the media in various forms and that's not a good picture. It is just not a good picture. It, it's not an accurate picture and it's not a, a good picture. And in many ways it's an anti-gospel picture that is portrayed. Um, it's, a, it's doing violence to the Jesus that we, in my view, the Jesus that we read about in the scriptures. Mm. Um, so what else? Yeah, so the media picks up extremes and doesn't reflect the broad middle. Um, and there's also a failure to adapt to the changing nature of Australian society. Um, and that, that goes, that's not just for, that's not about women, that's about the church, the Anglican church as a whole, um, which is being captured by um, a greater sense of conservative evangelicalism than was the case. But I, the, the whole, I, I think we're uniquely, those of us who are within the province of New South Wales are uniquely affected by the Diocese of Sydney's um, uh, reach. Mm -hmm. And it is it is um, strong. It is very strong. What gives you joy in your ministry? What gives me joy? Actually, the people of God. Mm. So it was um, in Grafton, particularly, you know, it, it's a little bit demanding to be in a different parish every Sunday. So you can get to know people reasonably well over a period of time because one of the great strengths of the diocese is that it is small not geographically but small in the number of people you can actually get to know as bishop you can actually get to know people so by the time I was at my first synod I knew most of the people who stood up to speak if I'd met them when I'd gone around the parishes 
And that that's not something you can do in places like Melbourne and Sydney and Brisbane, and but you just can't. Um, and that that was one of the great joys was going to the parishes, demanding though it was was actually going to the parishes and um, being with people, um, hearing about their lives and you know laughing with them and sharing what whatever's going well and not going well. And having a real sense of God at work at the grassroots. Mm-hmm. Bishop Sarah, thank you so much for sharing part of your story with me today. Next time on Called by God, I'll be in conversation with the Reverend Canon Zoe Everingham. Goodbye. Called by God is produced in the Diocese of Grafton as part of the celebration to mark the 30th anniversary of the ordination of women in the diocese. Produced and edited by the Reverend Kathy Ridd, copyright 2023.